digits falling down, falling down, falling down. I'm looking at the frown of clowns all throughout town. The London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. I'm looking at the frown of clowns all throughout town. And next, let's get it. The system a little bit twisted. I need a little assistance to fight the resistance. What's up? The system a little bit twisted. I need a little assistance to fight the resistance. The system is demented. Y'all a bit fragmented. They've been invented. The disorientation. We live in real life fiction. Y'all are just finished, diminished. The system is a little bit twisted. I need a little assistance to fight the resistance. You dig? The London Bridge is falling down, falling down, falling down. I'm looking at the frown, the clowns all throughout town. Why are you talking about you tired? You trying to retire? Complicit in your genocide. Complicit. Greetings, everyone. Thank you for joining the More Podcast. I know you guys miss listening to my voice. So I'm going to start us off with a short snippet today. And I want us to really sit on it and think about it. And I'm just going to jump right into it. Man's existence, human mankind's, in society involves an inevitable and inescapable conflict, a conflict of his own desires. For every individual really wants two things, freedom to pursue his own interests and his own inclinations. At the same time, he wants the freedoms which can be obtained only through life and society, freedom from fear of personal attack, freedom from the effects of natural dangers, which from time to time hit every individual and which cannot be withstood without help, and freedom to gain rewards from nature for which his own unaided strength is insufficient. Yet as soon as an individual becomes a member of society, he must sacrifice in the interest of the society, certain of the private freedoms which he possesses outside society. For example, to gain personal safety, a man must surrender his own power to attack others. To benefit from cooperative endeavor, he must at times cooperate with others regardless of his own particular wishes. This kind of conflict is inherent in the existence of society, all societies. It becomes greater the more complicated man's relationship with his fellows and the greater his consequent potential rewards from the living in society. It is not any particular man who is the justification for society on all its problems. It is every man equally with every other man. The equality of all members is fundamental to any social grouping to which an individual freely belongs. By joining a social group, by being a member of it, a man is surrendering certain freedoms. His gain is that others do likewise. If they do not, he has not become a member of society. He has become a slave or a servant of another individual or group of individuals. In such a case, there is no hope of stability or harmony within the group. It will continue only as long as power, physical power, remains sufficiently strong to enforce it. Thus, the ideal society is based on human equality and on a combination of freedom and unity of its members. There are operatively, there must be freedom because the individual is not served by society unless it is his. And there must be unity because only when the society is united can its members live and work in peace, security, and well-being. To ensure that any particular society adheres to its basic purposes, two things are required. It must have institutions which safeguard and promote both unity and freedom freedom and it must be permitted by an attitude 
a social ethic, which ensures that these institutions remain true to their purpose and are adapted as need arises. The essential nature of these requirements and their implications can be seen most easily in the smallest social unit and one which was in its time perhaps the most satisfactory to its members, the traditional African family. The traditional African family was almost self-contained, economic, and a social unit. So, I want us to think about that. In the circumstances that we're in today, I find it to be astounding how divisive the African diaspora is and how concealed our history is how you really have to search for it and not only search for it as far as like reading documentations and books and talking to other scholars and being indoctrinated by institutions you have to go within you have to be able to re-narrate the history that is given to you and it's talking about man in there but it's really in discussion of mankind right this being of mankind but i really want us to think about that because what has this current society done to the culture of an african family in this unit what has capitalism brought to the african family unit what what is the culture of it and the diaspora and i understand right that the diaspora is large and there are so many different people in it so many different cultures within it But how does that mean that we cannot be one? How does that relate to us not being one whole together, right? Understanding that there is beauty in diversity. There's unity in diversity if we permit it. How is it that we are in 2021 and we are still allowing for the enemy to remain the enemy, We are still allowing for them to be ahead. We're still allowing for the systems to permeate their psychological tactics to win. We are not only allowing them to win on a local level, on a political level, on a social economic level, domestically and internationally, but um, globally. And now it's hitting space, right? Like we have completely... um, assessed our freedoms and we continue to do so why is that how is it not possible for us to come come together it 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 is possible right it's just all about our our ability to imagine unity and to strive for it together every day we have a choice to strive for unity and how are we causing that to happen what actions are we taking place how are we creating the reality we want to live in how are we serving another reality how are we serving our enemies who are our enemies can you identify your enemies these are the questions that i have come to understand that people within the african diaspora do not want to accept right as much as we know and understand the answers we always want to give an excuse almost like Stockholm syndrome right and this not only is happening on a level within the community it happens on a personal level we do it to our partners and new people we meet in life and that's the issue we're creating loops we're creating cycles it's time to break them 
I found it interesting um, once I was studying and doing some research on Dina Arobi, which was the original name or the first name given to Mauritius Island. Um, Mauritius Island was named by the Dutch in the 1600s and they first began to settle there in order to colonize that area. Um, They first brought people over from West and East Africa and even South Asia, right? It's really interesting. They, They brought all different types of people over initially just to help them cut down trees. And the most profound thing about that is when I was reading it is that's actually something they do in prisons today in America. Um, America has the largest rate population of incarcerated people, which is the largest population of slaves still to this day. But it's under a different system. It's under a different name. And we don't have any measures, any any systems in place as a community to be able to reach out to our brothers and sisters in that system to help them. We almost uh, forget about them as if they are like the song by Nina Simone, The Desperate Ones. They are not shadows, they are mirrors, right? Um, I found it to be interesting because they were cutting down ebony trees in Dina Arobi or Mauritius Island. Dina Arobi was first discovered by Moors, of course. You know, this is the Moore podcast. I'm going to give you a little bit of more history. But it, there wasn't much to cultivate there. It was more so like a stop in between traveling from Africa to Asia. It wasn't really a place the Moors found of interest to. But of course, later on, the, the Moors discovered it in 900 AD. And then the Dutch and the French come along in the 1600s. And they see it of some use as a key to India. As a key to do business in India, to extract resources in India, to extract labor, slaves from India. And I, it is a dream of mine to do some work in India. I've always felt a deep connection with Asia in general. Um, And I, I feel like there's a lot of history there, a lot of hidden history there because it has been so whitewashed, right? It's really interesting because um, the Indian slave trade is something that we often don't discuss. We often don't talk about. We often don't associate with the transatlantic slave trade. It's, it's almost like we just, you know, skip it because of the name, essentially. But we have to understand that this was a global system. This is a global system that is still running to this day and it has um, emphasized to... A degree where it's, it's a nightmare um it's sad how easy people are able to forget about another person about people millions of people if not billions anyway to get back to the story of Mauritius island um so they're bringing people from all different parts of the world essentially to cut down trees in order to create ships to help them in trade. Can you imagine? 
you get taken from your home in order to do labor, to hope, to to perpetuate, maintain, and sustain the enslavement of not only yourself, but your children, your grandchildren. Do you understand the loop that we're in? (laughs) I just find it to be so fascinating when you study history because you do genuinely understand that history repeats itself. And unless we decide who we want to become in the future, it's not looking great. It's not looking bright, right? We have to study. And beyond that, we have to apply our studies. We have to create beyond this system we we are able to do it we don't have to work within the system who told us that right like think about who told you that think about why you believe those things and break out of that mode because we are capable of doing much more than we realize right like that play on words all right so after a few decades to at least a century or alongside of them doing cutting down trees you have them begin doing sugar plantations in Mauritius Island and they begin to gather more slaves and at this rate a lot of a lot of people enslaved people are dying so they're trying to gather even thousands more it went up to be from the 1600s nearly to the early um to mid 19th century of being approximately about 500,000 enslaved people that they had brought to Mauritius Island and this is not including the entire Masserine Island keep included this is this one tiny island it's a very tiny island I encourage you to look at it on a map so you can understand the gravity of what I'm saying. So fast forward to during those times, get you a quick timeline. They're gathering more people. They're calling some indentured servants from India, although a lot of times they're not getting paid or they're getting paid at low wages. And oftentimes the administrators is what they like to call them, um, barely paid them at all. Right. Sometimes they paid them on their own accord. And and if you did ask for your money, you better hope not to get beat. They treated you just as similar as a slave. They called it a new slave system. Does that ring a bell? New slave system. We have new slave systems. We are in new slave systems to this day. Our, Our way of living is slavery. If you're not living for yourself, if you're not living not only for yourself, but for your community, working in the best interest of your community, you are a slave, right? That That's what that reading was about. I want us to really permeate that reading to understand the gravity as what we and who are we working for? Who are we living for? What is, What are your dreams? What are your passions? And who did you sell those to? You know, like, it's it's really interesting times that we're living in. Why do we not encourage building families in our community? Not only building families as having the wife and the husband and the kid and the dog and the house and the white picket fence, but I'm talking about empires. I'm talking about your grandparents. I'm talking about your neighbors, right? I'm talking about 
your, your neighbors, families, extended families, building entire homes and communities for each other. Why do we have to wait? Why do we have to gather enough fiat money to do so? Don't we understand that we are the resource? Do we not understand that? We have the capabilities in our minds. We hold all of the jewels within inside of us. And even if we did want external resources, do we not know that we come from lands? If not, we are already in there that has all the resources we need to create what we need and want for everyone's benefit in our communities. It does not have to be individualistic. It does not make sense, the system that we live in. It doesn't make sense that we have people in our own community that choose to work for a system that will enslave their children, right? None of this makes sense to me. So during the sugar plantations on Mauritius Island, there was a lot of killings. There was a lot of brutality. There was a lot of mixture of different communities from all over that were subjugated and and marginalized and treated like animals um and then in in addition you also had communities that broke away from the mold and they called them maroons right and these maroons lived in the mountains of course as maroons do and they would be able to gather recruit other enslaved people to join them and be able to do raids and and burn the sugar plantations and free people and they were feared by the dutch and the french settlers they were actually thinking about leaving just because of the maroons until they had someone who worked for the dutch company in india come to mauritius island la bardonnet and come Someone as a general to figure out a way to protect themselves against this maroon community. And do you know what Nabardine came up with? He came up with using our own people against us. History repeats itself. This is why it's so important to understand history. I know we live in the American education system where a lot of times our history that's taught to us, it's it's boring. It's dumbed down and it doesn't make sense. And it's because they're not teaching you what it actually was. They're They're not telling you and teaching you how to think critically and to connect the dots. The slaves that were on... Mauritius Islands, the enslaved people, excuse me, I like to say enslaved because they were not slaves, they're not Slavic people, they were enslaved people, these people came from royalty a lot of times, they chose the best of the best from the places they were taking them from, trust and believe, and they enslaved them, and the same people that they enslaved, Labardinet's job was to be able to convince them not even really convince them order them to hunt down maroons and to kill them so he created a war between african people within the diaspora by using the enslaved people against them and for some reason a lot of times you had the enslaved people that would do it my assumption is is that it was out of fear 
they felt like they had no choice. But then you also had times where the same people that would be tasked with hunting down the Maroons would actually join the Maroons. So then this caused another uproar with the Dutch, French, and British people. Um, They felt scared to be arming enslaved people and thought that they would come together. But it just so happened to work in the benefit of the settlers for some reason, right? Because once you have contained someone's mind and and molded it into what you want, you have brainwashed them and, and psychologically traumatized them enough, they are a slave forever, essentially. And, and this is what they created this is the generational trauma that we have to break it dates all the way back to this because we are living in it today um but eventually you had in the 19th century mid 19th century that slavery was abolished however this did not stop slavery we all know this right and you still had maroon communities all over that was fighting that they don't like you to know about um, and this prompted the increase of getting coolies, which were low-wage laborers from India to come in and to mistreat them. And then for a long time, it lasted up until the early 20th century. Um, you had a lot of advocates against it, including people that were anti-slavery, people in the African community, people in the Indian community. Indian government tried to ban it early in the 19th century, actually, and the British continued it. And right then and there is when I thought, hmm, I'll be God darn. Why is it that we... As Africans, Afro-Asians, and whatever else you like to call yourself. People of color, of melanin, of dark hue, hue, man. Why can't we come together as one? We understand what has happened to our culture. And we understand that we're in the age of decadence. It's time to go back to our history. Go back to our, our ancestors and to learn from them become wise from them and generate something new it's time to start afresh the system is decaying do we want to be a part of the system in it in itself to be a part of the system is to become the system become your enemy become your own enemy become your own nightmare become your own devil if you so wish right The only people that's enslaving us now in 2021 is ourselves. There are no shackles on our feet, but on our mind. And we cannot move anywhere as a community if we are not able to reach a collective consciousness together to move forward. There is a need for a sense of African unity. There is a sentiment of Africanness, a feeling of mutual involvement, which pervades all the political and cultural life on the continent and beyond. It is time for there to be unity that can be negotiated, 
for all people on an equitable level because it can exist. I really would want to live in a society where we are able to come together. We are able to prove the system wrong. We are able to scare the system straight. These are the fantasies I have. Um, I would like to have other perspectives on this. So if you're ever interested on joining the more podcasts, please let me know. Hit me up. My email is nakaja at moresearch.org or you have moresearch.org, the website. You also have my IG, which is MERS, M-U-U-R-Z dot Z. If you're doing something positive in the community, if you want to spread a message within the community, if you want to share different endeavors you have for the community, aspirations, this is a community. Come join me. Peace.